Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberly, uh, writer, senior writer, I guess they call me, senior everything, I think, these days, uh, for vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsd.com. And I'm joined each week with my co-host, Mark Craig, NFL insider for the Star Tribune and Viking writer and uh, startribune.com. Uh, we're in the dead season of the year, but that never happens in the NFL. You don't have any dead part of the year. So we got plenty to talk about Mark. And I wanted to hit you with a few news items, uh, that may be either real or made up or imagined or speculated, but uh, just see what you think about it. But, uh, uh, I heard your uh, your colleague Lavelli Neal from the Star Tribune say on KFan the other day that Zadarius Smith is now looking for a one year rental. So it maybe looks like uh, I mean when he came out at the end of the year and he announced or he didn't announce but he he put his house up for sale. He thought he was gone. Then he said he wanted to be gone and and <clears throat> the uh, Vikings brass never did anything with him. They just hung him, kept him around. And, you know, he, him and uh, Delvin Cook have been hanging out there saying, what are they going to do with those big contracts? What are they going to do with those guys? Well, maybe they hung on to him or they didn't do anything because they wanted to hang on to Zaria Smith and Brian Flores came in and said, keep that man, give him, give him, give him some money to stay here. So what, what do you think about that? Well, you you know, you say they didn't do anything with him. What they did was they, you know, slowly they painted him into a corner because now it's like, yeah. Okay. If you, uh, you know, he got a new, he got a new agent, wants a new contract. Um, and what the Vikings did in the meantime was hold on to him, you know, not release him. Uh, you know, he did all the things you do whenever you're, you're trying to put the pressure on a team, I guess, you know, uh, Twitter, you know, goodbye, Minnesota, we're leaving and all this stuff. And all this time passes, they go out, they get a pass rusher. So, you know, the leverage is in the Vikings on favor. Right. Um, you know, and frankly, you know, I, I see I, I don't see uh, Zadarius. I mean, Zadarius is a powerful like personality. Um, you know, when he came here, he wasn't at least the few time one of the few times he talked, maybe the only time he talked to one on one, I talked to him, you know, and he tore the, the Packers a new, you know, a new set there. Um, so you know, I could see him you know, end up somewhere else saying the same thing about how stuff went with the Vikings and their their negotiation because they went out, they you know, they don't not that they don't need him. It'd be great to have as yeah. much as you play like in uh, just because they have two outside linebackers in uh, Davenport and Daniel, uh, you know, they play so much of the nickel, so much of passing situations where Daniel would, how'd you have Daniel inside and Davenport, if he can, they can jumpstart his career on the outside and have three of those guys rushing the passer. That could be great, but it's not going to cut. He's not going to get a pay raise. He's not going to get a bunch of money that they don't have up front when they got to, you know, get their money down. So mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, yeah, granted, he, he's looking for a one-year rental. Well, he also tweeted goodbye and that he was leaving and he put his house on the sale. So, you know, somewhere in there, it, it, he, his, his camp is probably working on, and he is working on, you know, uh, you know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't report to the Vikings, he's not going to get paid. So, you know, it's the leverage is in the Vikings honor this way, and, but I don't see him showing up anytime soon. And I, frankly, if I had to guess, you know, knowing kind of knowing him and, uh, don't know him very well, but I'm saying kind of knowing uh, that situation, I still don't believe he's going to be here. Uh, really? I don't, wow. I, I don't know. You know, it's, but, it, well, it kind of reminds me and you, you touched that. It. it reminds me of the Aaron Rodgers situation a couple of years ago where he was, you know, doing one of his diva dances and saying, you know, I'm going to go. And, and I, I had, I was on this podcast with Joe Johnson who, who created with me and we had somebody else on. And I was arguing with, they were saying, Oh, poor Aaron Rodgers, what they're, they're doing to him. I said, the guy's under contract. He's under contract. You know, they're He's going to, he's not going to quit playing football and he, he cannot effectuate his own trade. He, he, he's got, he's going to play in which he did. That's what I think is going to happen with Daniel. He's or not Daniel. Zedarius, uh, he's under contract. They want him and they're probably going to make him figure out a way to, you know, uh, to get that done. I mean, they, he's got a big number just like Delvin cook does. And I really feel like Dalvin Cook's going to go, but you really think that uh, Zedarius will be out there? Joe, we're all, we're all like throwing darts at a board here, sure. buddy. Uh, That's what this show's yeah. all about, my man. But what I'm saying is that, you know, he's not going to just show up to, he won't, you know, he's not just going to show up at that, I don't think, at the mandatory uh, mini camp and say, yeah, here, uh, <clears throat> with a big plate of, uh, you know, crow or whatever. 
Um, you know, he, this is going to be, a, he's, he's dug in. Uh, he wants a new contract at a time where, you know, you know I, I saw somewhere say where he had, a, you know, 10 sacks and he might have tailed off a little in the second half of the season. Tailed off, you know, he went off a cliff, you know. Yeah, he yeah. he had an in, he was he was in the, you know, the running for a, for the defensive MVP. And then all the, he got, he hurt his leg at the end of that Bills game and yep. he was not the same player. Now you could say, well, if he was a little bit younger, that wouldn't be as big an issue. If he was, if he hadn't missed the entire year, basically the entire year, the year before because of an injury, that wouldn't be as big of a deal. But to me, he's over 30. He's, uh, you know, like you said, he's under contract. Um, you know, he should be, he should be there or have a renegotiated deal to where he's more affordable for him, not going the other way. That's the reality of where he's at. I don't believe that he understands that or he accepts that. You know, these guys are, are good for a reason. One, physically they're gifted. You know, it's a gift from God, their, their physical abilities. But also they have uh, a confidence in themselves that is beyond belief. And he's, he might be a little bit delusional now if he thinks he's going to – because, you know, let's face it, he knows he has one more – a bit one more crack at a big contract yeah, yeah. and to get money up front. And he's taking it now because he probably knows he may not be playing a year from now. So, uh, Mark, Mark, I, you know, I, he may, he may show up and play because, Hey, you know, what, what's the alternative? I sit out, I get fined. I, right. I don't make any money. Yeah. Yeah. That he could, but I'm saying he's dug in um, and he, he's a pr- prideful guy. It could be a while. I, two questions real quickly. He didn't have anything uh, done on that knee in the offseason. Here is knee against the Bills, and was not same. It was just kind of maybe just a, an injury that time heals, and he didn't have any procedure or anything done on it. I don't believe he had any 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 procedures done. No, but okay. but he was. You know, that's an, you know that's a uh, when you get to be that age. I mean, as uh, we might you know for 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 them that that comes in their 30s. For us, it comes in the 50s, <laughs> 60s, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, you're, you're probably a super senior. I'm probably the senior. Wow. So, wow. So, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just you know, so, there's so many red flags about you. Just uh, that's like Adam Thielen. You know, it'd be great to have a fairy tale ending and have him end. Of, you know, he'll he'll retire as a Minnesota uh, Viking because he'll when he's done playing in Carolina, he'll come back for one day and we'll all go out there and rewrite the Adam Thielen story. But you know, it's it's a business as much as it is as anything else. Well, you just lost all the strokes you're going to get from me this summer with that age crack. So if super senior gets the strokes, not not you. I don't care how uh, bad. You're bad. Oh, but you're yeah, you're you're super duper senior. Oh, nice. Um, is the other question I had about him? If if he if he does decide to sit out, you would think I mean, he's got such a huge cap number. Does, do the Vikings have any recourse at that point? Because they they would probably just cut him right, and then they could get back his salary that happened. They still have the dead cap money on hit on there. But you know, if if he just says I'm not going to play under this contract, and says you know because because if the Vikings go into the season with him and he doesn't show up and he holds out, they're kind of screwed then, right? They lose all uh, unless they cut. Well, well, they they put themselves they put themselves in position where they have the leverage. They they went out and paid starter uh, caliber money to a guy that they believe Brian Flores can turn jumpstart into the first round pick that he should be or uh, perform like the first round pick should be. Which I think he, he, he you know, he's, uh, Davenport has had a um, you know disappointing career for a first round draft pick, but he's still really young. Which Zadarius you know, uh, doesn't have that. Um, so they put their, themselves in a position where it'd be great to have Zedarius, uh as those, have three of those guys going. Right. Now, meanwhile, they got. We'll talk about this too. But you know, Daniel Hunter's got a con. Daniel Hunter's been uh, his contract has been an issue with him since 2018 when he signed it. Uh, so that, that's a brewing thing that's going, going, going. Uh, but yeah, they they put themselves in a position where hey, just like they did with uh, with with Cook. I guess ideally they would like to have both those guys on the team on their terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if, if something happens, they don't have them. They got Madison, they got Davenport. That's what they've, they've kind of done it. Uh, you know, they're nice and smile and everything and they'll pat you on the back and say they got the greatest culture in the world, and, but they're still um, putting together a cap and putting it, putting together a team and they, you know, they're playing hardball with these guys. Um, yeah, that, that, it sounds so enticing to, to hear you describe that with those three guys all happy and, 
kumbaya and going after the quarterback in you know under in brian flores defense that would that would be exciting that would take this thing up a notch from where it was last year all in itself um but i you know i, I don't think you have to be happy you don't necessarily because aaron Rodgers wasn't happy in green bay and he won two mvps and he was the highest paid player in the league you know aaron Rodgers ultimately won his deal he he he, he you know was going to do this he's going to go to jeopardy and all this stuff and he ultimately got the highest paid contract in the league at the time and then ended up, you know, playing really well. And then he ultimately did get traded, you know, so he wins, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I know you don't, we both, you know, love him, hate him. A lot of people that aren't Packers fans or aren't his fans or hate him, but, you know, he's infinitely more important to a situation uh, like with the Packers than the, than Zedarius is with the Vikings. <clears throat> Um, what, do, what do you see in Daniil Hunter? I mean, this this seems like it's every every other year, every year that Daniil Hunter's crabbing about his contract. And what, what did you mean when you said it was a problem when he signed it in 2018? What was the issue? Well, it he signed. Uh, you know, it's you know, hats off to the team. They they got him. You know, before a 14 sack season. I remember because I I did a, a big profile on Anthony Barr and Anthony Barr that day. I, I either he was ready to cut a vein. Or I had a, a Wonder Woman lasso or something because he just like like oh, what I, happened at, what what happened in the Rams game when uh, Jared Goff was you know had that, that Thursday nighter where yep. he was had perfect passer rating and and so he's going yeah you know the, the we had a rookie corner in the slot because you remember that was where uh, Barr was like you know I, he was getting caught in, running back yeah, it's never been covered yeah. well no it was, it was a slot receiver I believe. Worst yeah. place to be is is in the in the frame on ESPN uh, Sports <laughs> Center when when the guy's scoring because you're the guy who gave it the touchdown. That's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. So they, he talked about that. He talked about uh, you know Zimmer and the defense and but one thing that he said and I think I got it in the story was um, and he was also and, and Anthony Barr was also angling for a new contract and Anthony Barr you know we're talking about Daniil Daniil had just signed and at the time it was. Um, you know, uh, five years, $72 million. And, and um, I, Anthony Barr said, you know, they got Daniil for a steal. You know, they stole money from Daniil. Wow. And it ultimately proved to be the case because Daniil was still like 24, maybe. Mm -hmm. He went on and had uh, the big year. And then I don't know if he had the, if that's before his two big years back to back. Yeah. Well, suddenly, you know, you know, uh, heading into, well, last year, you know, they, you know, they had to give him, you know, money up front, which which basically all they did was take it from this year. So now the Neals only make it only five and a half million dollars for this season, which doesn't fit, you know, his status as, a, as an elite right. pass rusher. And he's not happy about it. And he's, you know, he's probably, you know, he's probably not going to show up. At many, he had, well, he's not in the offseason program, probably not going to show up at the OTAs, probably not going to show up, maybe not at the, at the mini camp because they're not in position to be extending him or be ex there. There's a reason that uh, he's not extended or, or Kirk's not extended. I mean, there, this is a team that is, you know, uh, in kind of salary cap hell trying to get their way back out of it and still have a competitive team or, you know, a team that can win the NFC North. Just like the, just like the wild still suffering from Suter and Parisi's contract, but that's another Another sport and another podcast for another time. Um, so Daniel's got to get paid though, then doesn't he? I mean, if he's that underpaid for where he should be, and and you know, if if they don't give Flores the guys that he signed on here to to coach, that'll be a shame. I mean, I finally get a coach that can get these guys going. I mean, Flores is going to be gone in a year or so, but. Uh, Man, well, that would hurt if, if Hunter doesn't play and, and Darius Smith holds out and what have you. Flores is only gone if they have great defense. Uh, yeah. Flores is not gone if they're giving up 28 points a game and they're 31st in, you know, uh, passing defense. You know, Daniil, it's, it's a tricky situation, I believe, because, um, you know, I think Daniil finished with 10 and a half sacks last year. He kind of, you know, I think played a little better at the end of the year as opposed to the beginning of the year. But I never got the sense. Uh, now you've got a new defensive coordinator, but you still have a three-four. You know, I never got the sense that like Daniel was the was a three-four uh, edge rusher. He just didn't have that look to him. He mm -hmm. he did not look like the same player. 
did not look comfortable uh, away from the ball, away from the line of scrimmage. Not that they ask him to do that a ton, but it's a different defense. And I think he looked a hell of a lot better in Mike Zimmer's defense when his neck wasn't broken. Uh, then he did, um, yeah. you know, and then he did play in a three, four. So I, you know, they, they made, they made a temper. They did, had a band aid last year by, you know, basically giving him money up front that they stole from the, you know, the mm-hmm. following year. Uh, I don't know, you know, Rob Brzezinski only has probably so many rabbits in the hat that he can do. Uh, but yeah, it, that's a tricky situation in that you, you want him, uh, you want to make him happy. Uh, but, you know, again, there it's a, it's a, they're, they're, um, the, the years of, you know, 2019 is when this team had to win the Super Bowl or had to, you know, go farther than just upsetting the Saints in, in New Orleans. That was when, after that was when, hey, you know, the Kirk contract was going to be too heavy to, to, uh, weather to keep those, those cornerbacks and the defensive guys. That was their window. They didn't win enough regular season games. Uh, they did pull the upset um, over an old-looking Drew Brees. Uh, then they got just waxed in San Francisco. And that, that window, you know, Zimmer made it another two years. Or, yeah. Right, uh, three years uh, or whatever. And it, it was, uh, you know, it just never was going to work uh, with Mark, what he you know, needed defensively. That's such a great point, you know, that, that we've always – you know, ever we feel we've been hamstrung by the Kirk Cousins contract, and we certainly were for a time. Uh, how do these other teams do it? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is making more money than Sin, and all these other teams with great quarterbacks—they got to be top heavy. I suppose that's why they trade uh, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. You know, one of their great players because they can't, couldn't afford. So maybe that's the kind of drastic stuff you have to do. And I guess the Vikings will cut Dalvin Cook if you consider that just as drastic. Well, I mean, look, he, first of all, that, you know, their quarterback, when they, some of these quarterbacks, you know, like Seattle wins with Russell Wilson on his rookie deal. Um, you know, Cincinnati makes it to uh, the Super Bowl on Burroughs rookie contract. Um, you know, Kirk is now, you know, you, you've got to, to pay him. And I think that Kirk can do it, but Kirk has never finished the deal. You know, he's never, he's got, he still only has one, uh, one playoff win here. Yeah. Um, this team only has two playoff wins in what, two playoff wins in the past 20, 20, whatever it is. Um, you know, going so you know, the quarterback finishes the deal number one. But the other look at the Chiefs, look how they look how they draft. Look, look, I mean, the Chiefs were having guys contributing on defense heavily in the uh in the seventh round. It, their running back who was uh, you know this is one, one of the many reasons why teams don't don't pay running backs, no matter who they are is because, you know, they got, um, uh, you know, Chiefs got the running back in this, in the seventh round, that was like 10 picks from the, from the last pick in the draft. And he's, you know, he's what you need at that position and how they worked it. And so uh, they've got a really nailed draft picks and they got a draft. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's how you, yeah, you the big splash is the, you know, the quarterback and, and uh, the, you know, star free agents and all this, but, you know, they let go of a Tyree kill and they hit the mother load for a guy his age, I believe, right. when it comes to draft picks. And that's how you, that's yeah. how you do it. The, the great ones do it. And the good yeah. ones don't. And unfortunately the Vikings couldn't find a trade partner for either cook. There's area Smith or wherever else they're trying to pick. Um, one other note that uh, was out there that I, I just wanted to, uh, pass along to you as we'll set up the next segment that we do. Uh, uh, apparently Tom Pelissero said on the Pat McAfee show that uh, the Vikings, all the talk about their trading up for all these quarterbacks, whereas a lot of it was rumors, you know, draft rumors, but uh, because they had, you know, Will Levis was there for them at 23 and so was Hennon Hooker and they didn't even take a nibble at either one of them. But he, say, he did say that they, they were reportedly uh, uh, making calls to trade all the way up to see if they could get Bryce Young. If Bryce Young had not, you know, been drafted number one overall, they were trying to get up there to get him. Now, make calls, what does that mean? I don't know. But it, it's a report that's out there and a lot of people are talking about. It. So does that mean anything to you? What do you think of that? Well, I mean, you know, we were – the Star Tribune, Ben, uh, reported that, you know, they uh, – Anthony Richardson was a guy that they targeted and he, and he fallen past 10 
or if he'd have fallen, I think he's mock drafted was, uh, again, you know, sometimes mock drafts were all, you know, shooting in the dark, but um, with trading with the, with uh, Tennessee to, to get Richardson. Uh, now, you know, Bryce Young, yeah, Bryce Young, I mean, this is the thing about these mock drafts and the, what happens on the uh, right, right before the draft is, you know, everyone, we were all like, and I, I have a hard time believing that the teams get like, their emotional goes like this, you know, because they kind of know what, what's really going on. So they're yeah. not, but it gets floated out there. And I think it gets floated by teams that are farther down the pack because they want to put the pressure on someone like, okay, if you draft uh, the guy you're supposed to draft Bryce young, number two, now nah, you've got to answer all these questions. And, you know, uh, you know, what about his uh, intelligence test? What about his, you know, can he think, can he chew gum at the, and uh, walk at the same time, stuff like that. But I don't think, especially now, you have a lot of young GMs that are are fearless. Quasi's a fearless guy. Quasi's trading in his division, trading down, and uh, so they're not afraid of like uh, I don't believe they're as afraid as maybe in past years of of what the public thinks about their draft. You know, uh, I so they played fantasy football coming up, and now now that they got their hands on some real football. They still got some of those tendencies. Let's trade. Let's do this. Let's do yeah. yeah. So, so I'm thinking all you know, the bottom line, what you're asking is that, yeah, they, if Bryce Young had fallen, if, uh, if Richardson had been there, there in that, yeah, they were, they were definitely prepared to go up and, but it would have cost, you know, it wouldn't have been like, Hey, let's give them Dalvin Cook's giant deal. Let's give them right. Zadarius, you know, 30, you know, 40 year old Daenerys Smith and, year's draft it, it would have been number one next year and it might have been number one next year and the next year after that because there would have been a competition uh, to get the, right you know but where i give them credit was they had restraint and this goes back to something that uh, o'connell you know sounds simple but i asked him about you know how do you balance wanting an elite quarterback versus just wanting someone are wanting to get an impact player at another position. He just said, you know, it's gotta be the right guy. He kept repeating. It's gotta, gotta be the right guy. So when they passed on, uh, now it could be a mistake. Who knows? Will Levis could become a good player. Uh, Hooker could become a good player, but you got to admire them that they didn't feel that way. And they did not, uh, you know, they didn't panic and take them and say, Oh, we had to take a quarterback. So I think, you know, they, they made the, you know, they didn't overdo it by – well, first of all, they couldn't go because those guys went in the top four. So after that happened, I believe it, it – I believe they spent more of the time wanting to go backwards than they did go forward. Right. All, all due respect to the former regime, Mike Zimmer, um, I'd rather have uh, Kevin O'Connell identifying who that right guy is, that quarterback, than, than Zim. Zim's a defensive guy. And uh, I, I kind of I'm, – I'm kind of excited that I, with, with his – History as a quarterback himself and working with quarterbacks, he knows what he's looking for. So I'm, I'm, that's hopeful for Vikings fans, don't you think? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, Rick Spielman was not going to be a, he was not a quarterback guru guy. I mean, if, if, if he had a strength, it was he and his people identifying uh, pass rushers. It was probably, you know, from, I, uh, and from Jared Allen trade to Zadarius to, uh, you know, those types of moves, uh, that was probably their, their wheelhouse, I would suppose. Um, but yeah, having, having Kevin O'Connell there to help Quasi with the quarterback. Yeah. It's, and he's a play caller. So they're going to be working together. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I'd rather have Zimmer. Uh, well, my defense is horrible. Absolutely. Maybe they could be co-coaches. Yeah, Zim can come back and coach the defense and we'll tell, and they'll tell him you never have to talk to anybody. So, you know, <laughs> Boy, that would be uh, make some copy for your paper, wouldn't it, Mark? Um, okay, well, our, our senior on the other half of this screen needs a break. He's been talking for a long time here. I went over time. So we'll take a quick break and uh, come right back to the Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark Craig from the Star Tribune is here. Um, as promised, the NFL never – never there's there's no sleeping rust you know rust never gathers or moss never gathers on the nfl every day is an nfl day and so they got the the schedules coming out on thursday uh the schedule release and it's like 
you know, for seniors and super duper seniors, this never used to be a thing, was it, Mark? You know, as far as the squad. Well, this reminds me when I was eight years old and going to bed on Christmas Eve, you know, Joe, and just not, I, can't, I can't sleep. You know, I, can't, I couldn't sleep because I just, what is, when are they going to play the Packers? When are they going to play the Packers? No, but I, I can, I can understand people's excitement because a lot of people do travel to games. People, there's a lot yeah. of Vikings fans that they want to know. Are they going to uh, freeze to death in Green Bay or are they going to go over in a nice fall day? Uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, what What are the primetime games? It, that, that has an impact. So there is some importance to it. And it's, like getting, it's getting – go ahead. It's getting, to the, it's getting to a point where it, here's how big it's getting. The Star Tribune for the first time, because we – you know, Andrew and Ben, they do something Vikings-related, schedule-related. I think Andrew does game by game. And they, you know, they leave, uh, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, this is ridiculous. And that, that's the key, Joe. When you get old, you just say, ah, oh, that's, that's a bunch of crap. And then they kind of leave you out of it. So, I, yeah, so <laughs> oh, you geniuses. So if, if I get my Sid thing going on, then they'll leave me out of it. Um, but this year they were like, hey, let's, we need Mark to do a league-wide one. We need Mark to do a league-wide reaction. So I did a like a preview for it, which I think is coming tomorrow. And then I'll do like a review of it. Uh, so give, that's give, how big it is. Wow. That is big. Mark Craig sitting there cranking out the, the, the pre-schedule hype. What, what do you got? Tell us what you, what you gleaned from your, your, your big story that's coming. Oh, up. Well, I already, I already forgot what I wrote, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like a senior, that a boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, obviously it's going to be all Rogers all the time. I mean, the Jets were on one primetime game last year. Uh, it was that Thursday nighter in the, they played Jacksonville. Everyone's, everyone has to be a, yeah. every team has to be on a Thursday night. So, uh, but yeah, I, I would say that the over under on them being on prime time or four 30 uh, <laughs> is probably nine. You know, they're, they're probably like going to be. Cowboys. Like, it's going to be like the Cowboys, you know, who are constantly on national TV. Yeah. That, well, that goes back to the, I mean, America's I team and that, that if, the two things that are probably the most outdated in sports, and I'm sorry to uh, offend anyone here, but the Cowboys as a national team and the Olympics. <laughs> you know, the Olympics are not these little plucky amateurs going head to head anymore. It's NBA players, it's NHL players, it's all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't buy the Cowboys as, I mean, the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl and, and, my daughter's turning 28 this month, and uh, they haven't won one. Vikings, you know, they haven't won one in her lifetime. So, uh, you know, but the the Jets will, be, you know, and another thing they're doing that's new this year is uh, sometime in December, the Monday night game can be flexed, which to me is a total screw job to get to team to fans that travel. If you if right. you're traveling and you're going to a Monday nighter in the middle of December, you got all your hotels set up, you got everything, and suddenly it's a crap game. They put it on Sunday and you and you're screwed out of your but you know they're not worried about advertising they're, revenue the hell of the fans. But it'll make suffer some you know better, I guess better, you know, well, we'll make for better Monday night games at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they have the Black Friday game, which is yeah, it's only like that. What the hell? Well, it's only it's the first time that they're gonna that are only like the twelfth time and since the merger that uh that they've played a, a game on Friday after Thanksgiving. So if Watching football all day long on Thanksgiving isn't enough for you. You can get up and watch a two o'clock game on Friday, and that's typically isn't that when like Colorado and uh, uh, I mean it's like I like there's an always seems like Iowa plays uh, Nebraska or it's always one of those games that might have been good like 25 years ago. Colorado yeah. plays Kansas State, you know it's like you know stuff like that. I mean that's yeah. I don't watch any of those, and I don't watch the unless the Let's they think like last year they stuck the Vikings in that uh, last slot on Thanksgiving. Yep. You know, as you know, the, the one of the greatest movies in the history of movie making is Christmas Vacation, and I watched that on Thanksgiving night. So two uh, and the Lions, you know, typically I'll watch. You know, the Lions are getting better, so hey, maybe we can see some good Lions games. But that Cowboys game, I don't know. It, it that that game on on. Thanksgiving night is the is is the saving grace of Thanksgiving football because for decades you had the Lions playing. Every once in a while they'd show up. Now, granted, they always played better on that day. And then you had the 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 Cowboys for how long who weren't that good. And you just get tired of playing them. But uh, 
Well, yeah, and then it lost Pat. Yeah, first it lost Pat Summerall, then it lost John Madden, right. and, uh, the Turduckins, and yeah. So I, when I don't hear those voices anymore, whoop. Technical, See, I, I didn't technical wanna, malfunction. I, I didn't want to hear you anymore. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there they have that. Uh, it's going to be heavy on Rogers. You know, the show is going to be heavy on Rogers. I mean, they're already, they're already. Um, you know, they've not only do they have a schedule release, a primetime schedule release, three hours, whatever it is, but like this morning they release. You know, some of the networks, all the the partners get to slow release. Like they've already said, um, CBS has already come out and said they had that. Um, uh, Mahomes and Burrow is a week 17, uh, 4.30 game. So uh, they've announced the uh, – season will be up there. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be resting Mahomes and, and Burrows by that time. Well, it, it's a week – yeah, I mean, that's, you're right. Could be. But I don't – you know, it's the week before the – you know, they it's a, or no, it's a 18-week yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you got that. They've, they've announced uh, – the five international games, which none of them jump out at me, uh, but like Jacksonville's playing two London games again. Uh, They're trying. So if there's ever an NFL team, Jacksonville would you know that's the right. home team over there. Mark, uh, you know, speaking of the the Chiefs and the Bengals, those two teams are on the Vikings schedule this year, and it is not pretty. Uh, you know, you got you got the uh, six games against the divisional opponents, one at each place. But you've got to have they're going to play uh, at home. They're going to play the Chiefs, the, the Chargers, the Saints and the Bucks. Saints and the Bucks, they got no problem with Chiefs and Chargers will be a couple tough games. And then on the road, they got to go play the Raiders, the Falcons, the Panthers with Bryce Young, who they wanted, the Eagles and the Bengals. That's a bloody and, tough schedule, road schedule. And, De and Denver in, away. Yeah, Denver, who cares? Well, yeah, I mean, they they, they play the all four teams that made the conference uh, championship games last year. They play all four of them. Uh, I mean, who do, if, you, if you're looking at it and you're, you're, you're doing your schedule out ahead of time, uh, when's the last time Green Bay was probably heading into a season considered your two of your breather games, probably? Uh, you know, that's a good point. I mean, that, that's been, you know, a 30, uh, now the Lions are not. it's been, it's been so long that Joe, you weren't even a senior last time. It happened. Uh, so, but now, as far as the schedule, if you're looking for the schedule and you, uh, cause we all, we know the opponents, we just don't know when it'll be to me. It's like, um, Kansas city and the chargers at home and San Francisco at home. Um, uh, if you can get Kansas city at home in a primetime game, that's a, right. That's a big deal. That that to me is it helps you win the game, right? Especially if if Flores defense. One thing they lost with um, with Donatell was they didn't try to rush the passer in a way that took advantage of U.S. Bank Stadium. It just you know Zimmer, his nature to be a pass rusher, played with and for Vikings for decades. Pass rushing in the Metrodome, pass rushing with this crowd. Is yeah, great. He, he called for it every week in, in the media. He said it every week. Got to get yeah. these fans fired up for, you know, yeah. place rocking. And Donatello just never had that, that that gear when it came to rushing the passer. So you had Jared Goff standing there, you know, looking around. So if you can get, you know, uh, you know Mahomes is going to be hard to beat no matter what, but primetime game at home. Uh, San Francisco, I, I here's uh, not only – could you maybe play them in prime time, but could you get them early, get them early in the year, whenever you're facing Trey Lance before he gets in some, uh, you know, gets, gets some momentum going or, you know, I, I, I think Brock Purdy is more a product of their system than like, he's not Joe Montana, yeah. but you know, get this, get the 49ers early, earlier, the better, I think, uh, before they get rolling. Uh, so that would be good, something to look for on, on the home schedule, the away it's like, do you, you know, if they put the if they put them in Philadelphia on, on a Monday nighter or a primetime game again, that's that's kind of a screw job to the Vikings. You know? Yeah. And we all know that everyone, Joe, schedule maker, referees, everyone's against us. You know that, right? It's only taken 17 years, taking 17 years for you to come across. Well, our... and they, you know, and every, and they like they love the Packers, so they'll you'll you'll be getting screwed twice a year against the Packers. Yes, we're uh, going to play two, two games in Lambeau this year on in December. That's how they're, they're going to screw us. I know. Yeah. 
out. I've heard that. That's a rumor. It started. Uh, <laughs> you know, right Cincinnati. I wouldn't call Cincinnati a a tough place to play, but uh, you know, when you play Joe, Bur you know, when you play Joe Burrow, you know, when you play that, uh, maybe play them earlier than later. I think. I, you know. Yeah, they're so, slow yeah, starters. They're slow starters. I'd love to see them. Mark, how, how many? You know, the Vikings. You know, you, you're talking lining up all these matchups. They got some big time opponents. They are going to get some prime time games and some national oh. games, aren't they? Well, yeah, and and the Vikings are uh, a prime time opponent on their own. You know, right. thirteen wins last year, eleven one score win. Uh, now, granted, it doesn't always happen year to year, but they base the schedule on the most recent evidence of things. Yeah. And the Vikings were involved in the game of the year in Buffalo. Uh, that was the NFL's game of the year. And the, it was the catch of the year. Uh, and Justin Jefferson. I mean, people can't get enough of Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, the Vikings, um, you know, are going to be, uh, to me, the Vikings in Kansas City, the Vikings in San Francisco, Vikings and the Eagles, Vikings and Bengals. Uh, those are all games that they're going to be looking at like, Chiefs. You know, let's let's – Let's yeah, the, the Chiefs. Let's get them in prime time. You know, let's show the world Justin Jefferson against Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's going to be a problem for the national. <laughs> They're going to have to do some homework to find out exactly that who the Vikings are and that they actually have a team here in Minnesota. Land. Well, yeah, because you know the the, the coasts, the we the East Coast is against us and the, and TV's against us because you know nobody knows where we're at because they just fly over us, Joe. They, that's correct. You know, and they well, they smell especially when they go over Green Bay. They you know they can smell the Midwest. You know it's like whoa whoa, <laughs> it, it stinks in the, mid, in the middle here. Let's get back to our apartments that's in New York. Rough. That's rough. It's spoken like I feel, a, I feel bad for you guys in the middle, Joe. You're just getting a raw deal where, all the time. Where do you consider yourself being from Cleveland? Is that middle? That's not the coast. That's Midwest. Oh yeah, Cleveland Midwest. Oh, it stinks where you're from too. Uh, well, I feel, yeah, I feel Lake bad for area, all right, buddy. I've seen Lake Area. That's a little smelly at times. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just uh, you, know, you guys complain about not winning Super Bowls, and we complain yeah. about like what is the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Vikings are starting with the processes this week. They got uh ot offseason well they have a rookie mini camp going on right now i believe and they've got uh they've got some off-season otas uh, workouts on may 22nd 23rd 25th 30th 31st then in june 2nd 5th and 6th and 8th and then the mandatory mini camp which we won't see daniel hunter is on the june 13th and 14th so that, those are the dates coming up just to throw those out there but mark uh Got the rookies. All the rookies are in the six guys they picked up in the draft, and the uh, the the undrafted free agents they're bringing in, and some other camp bodies. Uh, you know, you 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 mentioned in in the past there's always there are some UFDAs that 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 jump out at camp that don't you don't expect. I mean, you 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 mentioned to me uh, Mike Mike Boone was one, and certainly Adam Thielen came up through those ranks as an undrafted free agent. Uh, do you have? Do you guys make predictions as you're going out to watch this stuff? Who you're going to see? Who's going to make the big splash? Or you just you just wait for it to happen? And what what do you got there? Well, you know, uh, not predictions, but by nature of the Star Tribune being the having the most uh, resources, mm -hmm. uh, and for purely selfish reasons, uh, I prefer like to try to find someone that absolutely no one else wants to talk to, like. Uh, you know, everyone, everyone goes out there and they're going to want to talk to Jordan Addison. They're going to want to talk to the cornerback. They're going to want to talk to, uh, you know, like if there's a, like if sometimes like some of the younger veterans are invited, Lewis seen, you know, you know, so the, the pack mentality that, and then granted, you, they, these are things that people want to hear about, uh, you know, you got to do that. So I like kind of like what, like to watch a little bit and say like who, who stands out to these very uh, amateur uh, evaluators' eyes? And Mike Boone was a guy. Now, running backs are – you can get fooled by running backs because they, they all tend to look good. You know, they, yeah. if there's one position where you go, wow, that guy looks good, it's running back. Uh, but Mike Boone, uh, the way he was catching the ball and stuff and uh, just the way he moved, I was like, wow, yeah, that's a guy I feel like could, you know, could make it as an undrafted – at least make the roster or make the team. 
and he did. And uh, Don and um, Don Don Beebe, uh, Chad Beebe was a you know just watching him was like wow you know that. Other than the fact that he was really small, it was like him. this guy was like he just looks like he could do it you know and he can but he just can't stay healthy. So I talked to him and obviously with his dad and his was able to talk to his dad and do a story on that and one of the greatest uh, but, Super Bowl players plays ever. Greatest Super yeah. Bowl let Leon Lett chased him down and knocked the ball out of his hand. And the speed, I mean, uh, as fast as, as Chad was, I mean, he, he would have lost to his dad in his prime by 10 yards. Uh, <laughs> his dad was an amazing uh, speed and, and talent. And But, yeah, that's that's kind of what I look at, um, but only because, like I said, it's selfish reasons and the fact that we got three, three and sometimes four or five people out there uh, so you're able to cover a lot more ground than, than anyone else. So, yeah. um, so that's what I, I kind of look for now, but you know, it is, uh, it is you know, fun to kind of, especially when that, when the first pick is a, is a skill position player, uh, you, you know, like looking at Justin Jefferson, I mean, Justin Jefferson didn't start till week three, I believe his yeah. rookie year, but yep. everyone, including Zimmer, uh, knew that this, this guy was a little different. I mean, uh, then, a typically good receiver. I mean, he just looked amazing and, and uh, his ability to how smooth he was. Um, and, and obviously it played out that way. So yeah, you kind of look for little subtle things like that. L- offensive linemen are, are tough to, to get a sense for because even unless they're, you know, top 10 offensive tackle, that's, you know, I guess there's no sure things, but the, those guys tend to stand out, but, you know, typically an offensive lineman looks like uh Sort of like a giraffe when they fall out the first time and land on the ground and they're trying to get up, you know, <laughs> um, things like that. So I guess I'd look for that. Yeah, I'd look for, for that. The giraffe giving birth. Uh, uh, what about Ivan Pace? Is that the right name? Isn't uh, that some guy? He, he Is he the guy that's going to put zero on his his number is going to be zero or something like that? Or uh, The inside linebacker from Cincinnati? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I, you know, I, to me, it's like, you know, if you're, of course, the fans can't see it, but or Ad, looking at Addison, um, you know, things that uh, Addison, the, the corners that the two top two, uh, the corner and the defensive yep. back that they picked, the running back at the bottom, you know, it's always fun to watch a new uh, running back who's been drafted. And a quarterback. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's, the people are going to want to talk to him, even though he's a fifth round draft pick. I mean, he'll be a big, you know, Quarterback will be a big draw. I, I'm, I'm uh, saying Ivan Pace is going to be your guy. He's going to be your. Well, guy. I mean, you're 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 underestimating Jackie Chen from Pace <laughs> University. Do you know where Pace University is? I do not, sir. I found out about 20 minutes ago. It's <laughs> New New York City. Uh, it's an offensive tackle, Division two school. He's six six three ten, which doesn't oh, anything. University, yeah. But he's from his parents came here from China, which uh, wow. he's. He's a he's Chinese. Uh, I don't remember any Vikings players that were Chinese, so I, that's a cool story. Yeah, uh, you know they got a kicker from Georgia who's made a lot of big kicks, but just from my own uh, viewing habits or you know, watching Ohio State, I know that that was a close game because this kicker missed two two right. kicks in that game. They picked uh, him so, up. Oh my God! I didn't. Know well, that. yeah, it's a, one of the fifteen uh, undrafted guys. Yeah. So it's always it's always interesting to see a new kicker um, just because there's only one of I them. I had a, had a Georgia kicker, didn't they, that uh, lasted for a little while. Blair Walsh, wasn't he from Georgia? He Georgia? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just don't just don't put in if it, if it's below zero and you don't put him on the don't give him a twenty seven yarder. No. No. So, uh, or maybe when you snap the ball to him, don't put the laces in front. So, or in the back. Uh, so they got three receivers they brought in from undrafted guys, three inside linebackers, three corners. So, you know, th- those are guys. I mean, the Vikings have a rich history, and I haven't done the research on what they, how they compare to other teams, but a rich history of undrafted from John Randall and, you know, going back even to the beginning with, uh, with Mick Tinglehoff and, uh, Marcus Sherrill's was a guy that yeah. was, um, you know, was invited, you know, he didn't, wasn't signed as an undrafted. He was invited to attend their camp and, you know, proved that he could be a outstanding returner. Same way. Thielen was a, was a, was a roster invitee yeah. and was only, only got attention because he was practicing, you know, basically he was a 
when he got to Mankato, he was from there. Other other than that, we would never have right. paid any attention to him. How about that? Now he's now he's going to be on the soon-to-be world champion Carolina Panthers with Bryce Young throwing to him. With, with Bryce Young, yeah. Uh, that's another one. My, um, although I would think that you know, catch him any time, but a rookie quarterback, I, you know, I'd, want, I'd want that Carolina game to be early. You know, it'd be kind of nice to go down, you know, go down there when you're facing Bryce Young when he's still just like, what's going on here? Uh, would be would be better than maybe later in the year. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. Uh, the super duper senior needs a break. So we're going to take another break and uh, we'll be right back with the rest of uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. Welcome back, folks, to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig. Mark, uh, did I say Mike Craig? I meant Mark Craig. I go by either. Okay, well, we got Mike Wolden as our producer, so it messes with my super-duper, super-duper mind. Oh, I forgot to say senior. My super-duper senior mind. Um, uh, speaking of Vikings territory, uh, we have uh, Jeff Diamond, former GM from uh, Vikings, uh, Tennessee, and uh, still involved in the league, writes for us, and he did his draft grade for the Vikings, and uh, he gave him a B plus, and then the and then the website did a, a survey of twelve hundred uh, readers, and fifty two percent gave them a B. Um, Mark, where do you think those grades came? Do you think the Vikings did that well? Uh, you know, I, I'm giving them an A minus, but then you know I'm from Minnesota, so uh, uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on on how they did overall? Just for a quick hitter. <clears throat> well. Uh, I, I liked the, the receiver, but um, you know I, I felt that that was a bigger that was a, that was a need. Uh, I'd rather have them take this the receiver that they really love as opposed to the corner that they love. Now that's going to be uh, open for discussion and, and review years from now. Whenever you look at the Giants taking a corner right behind them, the Vikings taking the fourth receiver in a run of four straight. Um, it hurts not having the second round draft pick, but I like having TJ. Um, it, it, a tight end is for the, the, the they had to pay for that second round draft pick. I like the fact that this is Jeff. Uh, I read it briefly, um, but he liked that they took the didn't have the uh, that they showed restraint in not giving up picks for next year to try and get either higher up in the, the draft or to get a second rounder. He, he liked that they they you know Quasi showed some restraint. You know the. Analytics guy showed some restraint to just sit there and wait. We think we think he showed some restraint. Maybe he couldn't get. Well, it. yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Um, but I think the way that he, he's proven that he'll find a way to, to to move if he if he want truly wants to. Um, you know, I, I make fun of the draft, the, the grades and stuff. Uh, I think I noted that NFL.com had seventeen teams with A's, uh, thirteen, uh, fourteen teams with B's. And then the, the Lions were the idiots at C plus. So, you know, but but Jeff is a guy that I, I respect. Uh, play golf with him twice a week, and but he's obviously Jeff Diamond. He when he gives a grade, it's not you know I don't dismiss it. So I I, I liked you know how he you know how he breaks it down. He's uh, probably a little more level headed now. It's hard for it's hard to, to give anyone anyone I would imagine it's hard to, to give them a an F because you just don't know. It's hard for me to give anyone an A because I don't just don't know. But uh, like he did, uh, Jeff gave the, the Lions a C plus as well because, but you know, wrote it in a way like he doesn't trust Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that you know, whenever he was doing this for real, you know, he had to worry about character guys. He had to worry. I mean, yeah. the way he negotiated Randy Moss's contract was came with a lot of if if Randy screws up. Randy's not going to get paid. And when Randy went in the Hall of Fame, you know, Jeff told me this story. When Randy went in the Hall of Fame, next time he saw Jeff Diamond, he said, I told you, Jeff, you weren't going to, you weren't going to take any of my money. And suddenly they had a good laugh about it. <laughs> so yeah, when Jeff's weighing in it, I, I take a little more note and put a little more credence into it than uh, than if I were to give a grade, you know, or someone like me. I have to think uh, that old Randy Moss moved worked his way right up to the edge of where his money might have been gone because he had a few issues while he was here well the thing about the randy's issues uh you know did never they, they elevated to noose they were nuisances i would i would put yeah. in that more yeah. than like you know 
what it, what it could have been with Randy's the, the history that he had and right. getting, you know, in high going to high school and then uh, uh, we're no uh, Florida State, Notre Dame, all, all those different things that yeah. where how he ended up at Marshall and bowling uh, and and frankly, you know, people will say he didn't. Obviously, he didn't. There was times where he didn't. It wasn't full effort, but you know, he's one of the greatest players in the history of the league and, and was uh, pretty damn good. Couple things. Uh, <clears throat> I read this yesterday. <clears throat> and I apologize. I can't remember who was doing the analysis, but or maybe I heard it. But they were saying how the Lions actually saw us coming with that T.J. Hawkinson trade because the Vikings did trade, I believe, a second rounder for him, and then they knew that coming out this year was a huge tight end draft, and they took one early. So Laporte, I think his name is. Uh, maybe even from Iowa as well, if I if I recall correctly. So they they were, you know, didn't necessarily uh, screw the Vikings because the Vikings got T.J. Hawkinson, which is he's he's already a very solid was great for them last year and is going to be great going forward. But uh, you know, they, it cost him a a, a a a second round pick, which is which is some pretty high capital. And so you got to give them credit, which concerns me about the Lions if they're going to make smart, shrewd moves like that. That we don't know. It's just that's two um, hundred eighty degree conflicting uh, opinions on on TJ. Uh, you know that 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 can only be decided over time. I mean, uh, yeah, if they if if Hawkinson isn't as good as the guy that the Lions picked, and the Lions have him on his rookie deal, and they don't have to give him as much money as Hawkinson's going to get after this year. Um, you know, the Vikings not only gave up the second round draft pick, they got a guy at a point where he's going to going into his second contract. So the Lions could be genius or the Lions could have picked the, the tight end version of Charles Rogers or, or Mike Williams or all the mistakes that they made, you know, back in the Millen era. But the the Lions, I believe, um, deserves somewhat of a, I mean, everyone seemed to hit the Lions harder than any team in the league because they picked the positions that no one else thought should have been picked that high running back at 12, middle linebacker at 18 it's like you know the the belief on the lions is they they think it's 1975 and they they that they pick uh you know uh or 65 and they pick dick Butkiss and gail sayers i'll go back to your era 65 so um so to me it's like yeah i mean people could write yeah the lions you know the lions saw the the vikings coming the vikings could say hey look what this guy did in after four days of being with us, we saw the Lions coming. Now the Lions were one in, I think one in one in six or one in seven. And the Lions turned around after after Hawkinson was traded. The Vikings, you know, won the division by uh, four games over the Lions, in part because Kirk Cousins. That was that was exactly what Kirk Cousins needed. Uh, so, and you also got to look at who who's around. Uh, you know, you can't. It's not just apples to apples because. Uh, Hawkinson's a big deal is a big deal to uh, JJ uh, to, to Jefferson, and so to me that that's you need Hawkinson, you need um, an Addison to make Jefferson even better. I mean, it may take a couple catches away from him, but it's going to make your offense better. It's going to make him have bigger plays. So it all works together, and I think yeah, that's very good. Could be a win-win. Who knows? It, it looks like it is so far for the Vikings, and they don't have a guy. Now, granted, he's moving into a second contract, which would be costly, but he's also a, an established player in the league where Laporte, we don't even know what he's going to do yet. Look at you defending the Vikings. Way to go, Mark. Uh, one more, one more question. All, all you critics, all you people. You geniuses. Um, are you concerned at all about Jordan Addison's, Addison's size? You know, he that's about the only hallback against him. I mean, it sounds like he's a great run route runner. He's smart. He's quick. He's got some pretty decent speed. Uh, won all the awards. He's got great hands. Uh, but he's he's really small. He's like five eleven and one seventy. I thought, guy, I'd, I'd actually me dwarfing a, 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 a an NFL player. Holy buckets! Well, yeah, I don't like your chances of catching him though. Um... <laughs> I, 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 if, they, if they move him to tight end, then I'm really worried. But, uh, you know, they're, I mean, Marvin, again, I'm not saying he's Marvin Harrison. Marvin's, Marvin Harrison was 170 pounds dripping wet. 
Wow. Uh, it was a great receiver. Yeah, I'll say I had Peyton Manning throwing to him. But, I, you know, Kirk is an accurate quarterback. Addison has the ability to separate. That's, that's the most important thing. And this is not – this is as big as the other two is uh, the Vikings are, with O'Connell, running the show, I think, as opposed to whoever Zim had uh, – uh, Clint Kubiak, you know, trying to design the offense. Um, I think that the Vikings, you know, they're going to find ways to get him uh, where he's not just lined up against a corner that's 6'4 and 200 pounds. Uh, you know, they're going to find ways to get him, release him. And they did, and, and the good teams, the Rams and all, at least these good offenses, they do that with, with bunch formations, with motion. You'll probably see the Vikings, if, if Addison becomes a good player uh, and improves that he can play, you're going to see him there's going to be a lot of motion. There's going to be even more. That's what one of the, I mean, uh, now Tyree kill is, was solid. I mean, Tyree kill is not a small, he's a short guy, but he's not your prototypical receiver type True. body. He's quick. He's uh, he was hard. One of the hardest guys in the league to defend. Um, so, you know, what the chiefs do to what the chiefs did and what uh, Miami did, did or does uh, gets him free, you know, so that's, you know, it's not just, it's not like in Randy Moss's, even Randy Moss, it's hard to think of him as a throwback player, but you know, you lined up Randy Moss on the, on the left side, you told Randy to run as fast as he could and you threw him the ball <laughs> or, you know, uh, it's it, the, the game has the offensive strategy and has evolved. And, you know, I think 170 pound guy can, and two, two can be a great player. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, I wouldn't put that on him. Just like a just like a five ten quarterback that went number one overall. The league has changed. I mean, you, quarterbacks aren't just all six four and stand there and throw it. it. They do all these different things. Yeah, well, it, it's going to be interesting the NFC this year. Everybody's the the Lions are their darlings. Everybody's picking them. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to go, go there. The, the Packers, I, I guess I'd ask, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers deal is in the rearview mirror and he's collecting all his receivers that he never got in green Bay in New York. Uh, how, how do you, how quickly did they rebound? Is Jordan love going to be a decent player? Is, is he going to be a player on the level they've they're used to? I, I talked to somebody yesterday who said he, he started watching him when, when Favre was came in and he's never seen it non-Hall of Fame quarterback for his team in his life. And I, I had no response to that. Uh, <laughs> how do you see Jordan Love? And uh, he, it, I guess I, I was going to say, if he's not decent, they would have moved on from him and started. You know, they did draft another quarterback this year, but, they, you know, if they, they've been kind of anxious, the Packers themselves, to move on from Rodgers and, and get to him to a certain degree. Is it, should, should we be afraid here in Minnesota? Well, I mean, to ask him to be what they've had since 1992, and that's a big ask. I mean, that's he doesn't have to be that good for them to have a good team. You know, I, I think I think this is a transition year that, uh, you know, when when um, when Rodgers took over, Rodgers showed signs that he was going to be not may not be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he was a guy that sat and learned, and you could tell he was going to be a good quarterback. But they they had a losing record his first year. Uh, you know, the second year they won the Super Bowl. No, third second year. Third year, yeah, no. The second year uh, was Favre was in Minnesota. The third year they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I mean, and, and Favre that first year, I believe, was I think they were a losing record. I think. Yeah, I think. So. But you know, they came. You know, Reggie White comes in right around that time, so it was Favre and Reggie. Um, you know, Reggie White had as much to do, I think, with that turnaround in Green Bay as Brett Favre did. With that saying a lot. Reggie White was, was, uh, made if he's not uh, top five uh, defensive players of all time, he's he, he, he doesn't have to strain his neck to see it. So, he looks like a man uh, among boys, some days. So, so that, uh, you know, there's going to be a transition period. Is he as good as those guys? I would, I think the Packers, obviously, I mean, clearly, the Packers, um, feel that that he had he has what they they need to be a quarterback otherwise whenever uh it looked like you know it looked like love was going to be their starter three years ago and rogers got it worked out where he came back he wins two mvps 
than he has last year where they don't have a winning record. So there's a three-year window there where if they really felt like, okay, he's maybe not the guy, they would have drummed up a trade and unloaded him. But they kept him, kept him, kept him, kept him. Uh, In a way, you feel bad for this guy if he is good because he's had four years taken off of his career just like Aaron Rodgers did, you know, basically right. doing it the doing it the old school way, where the new school way is draft him, and if it's if it's Thanksgiving and he's not starting, oh, he's a bust. We need another one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, the Vikings lost one of their legendary quarterbacks this week. Uh, Joe Cap passed away, and it was a sad day for me because Joe Cap was one of my first uh, first big NFL you know, stars that I like certainly because of the first name, but also because uh, he led the Vikings to the Super Bowl and uh, the NFL championship, actually. They won it in, in 1969, although that was later called Super Bowl. And so they don't have one of those. But anyway, uh, I remember as a kid, you know, my my brother, older brother said, you know, he liked Fran Tarkenton when he was there. And and so I said, I like Fran Tarkenton. You can't have Fran Tarkenton. And I thought, well, I don't want Ron Vanderkell. And so I kind of uh, waited till Joe Cap showed up and became my my player. And he played with such a style of, you know, like he was like a running back or a linebacker in a, in a quarterback's body. It was not pretty, but it was phenomenally. Set the record for most quarterback or most touchdown passes in a game with seven and still holds these ties He's tied with that record. Somebody else tied it. I can't remember who. Well, there's seven people that have it. There's eight people total that have it, eight have people. that record. And uh, I still remember him uh, running over some guys from Cleveland in the playoffs to get to that Super Bowl, but uh, or against Cleveland, if, if you recall. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like I'm doing one of these a year, one of these a month, uh, um, you know, the passing of these legendary uh, figures that are all kind of in that you know, from Bud to uh, Jerry Burns to Fred Zamberletti. And just, uh, it's just sad to see it, see how it, I never got to know Joe uh, Cap and spent the last 15 years of his life battling dementia. And uh, all that I've gathered, all the people that I have talked to over the years, and I'm not old enough. I mean, I was, I was alive when they played in that championship game, but my first memories of football doesn't come until like three years out of Super Bowl sevens. The one I first that I can have memories of watching. So, you know, they play Cleveland, but obviously there's that clip of where he, and it, when you look at that clip, it's a, it's a, boy, it's a, it's a, in a nutshell, just how the NFL has changed because he, he's 31 years old. So he's not really old, but he, he uh, looks left and, and his receivers are, are covered. So he turns to the right and he's running and this isn't slow motion. It's an actual clip. He's lumbering. And my God, he looks like he, I, I tell him, I think I told Patrick Royce or someone, I say, look, so Patrick, I'm watching this clip and he looks like you running around the corner. So, um, and our, I could have thrown myself in, uh, you know, but I just wanted to stick in my, but, you know, and, but he goes to, and later on, Joe Cap says, I, I gave him all the moves I had, all two of them. He was like, I gave him all two of my moves. And, uh, and here's Jim Houston you know, at the time, a big linebacker, 245 or whatever. Yep. He's getting ready to, to clobber him, and Joe Cap wasn't small either. Uh, but Joe Cap tried to hurdle him, and I think got about an inch and a half off the ground. Catches his knee in Jim Houston's helmet. Yeah. Uh, Jim Houston drops, is knocked out before he hits the ground face first. Joe Cap flips, you know, head over heels, gets up and walks back to the huddle. You know, obviously Jim's day is done. Joe Cap's day goes on, and uh, but he was probably. Of all the people that you know, you, that you, you know, there's uh, not maybe not the most beloved. He's one of the most beloved, like blue collar minister. They call me. him yep. like the the era of Broadway Joe, and you know, Joe was right. was doing the commercials and with the pantyhose, and that might have been a little bit later than this, but you know, he was the glitz and glamour. He was the fur coat. He was the diamonds and yep. the NFL, yeah, AFL. And uh, and Joe Cap was Hennepin Avenue Joe is what they call it. You know, you guys called him back in the day. Uh, and just just you know, he's a you know, his hard drinking guy. Uh, his you know, fists were always going you know, where his yeah, mouth he went. Played at age seventy three, didn't he? On on TV for crying. Yeah, out. I think I think they brought together the CFL uh, some figures from a C, uh, Great Cup game or something, and they had had they had grown they had uh, 
were rivals when they played and they got into a fight when they were in their seventies. Oh, uh, but you know, this is also a guy who after that, and, and you said they they changed the name of the championship. No, the Vikings still, the Vikings won the NFL championship. There is a actual trophy. It's been a great story I've written about where nobody really knows where it is or where it's been or who has it now. Uh, but that's the year before the merger. Uh, yep. So that was the last year of an NFL championship being uh, not, not being the final final game of it because then yeah. they had to go on and they had to play the, the Chiefs and got destroyed in one of the biggest upsets in Super Bowl history. Uh, but that was that was the best team in the league. They 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 led the league in, in touchdown or points. They led the league in fewest points allowed. The the purple people eaters were never more dominant than than like 69 and 71. Uh, so that was a great, great team. But but Joe Cap never played it down with the Vikings after that because he had some lawyer that uh, they wanted a whopping 1.25 million over five years with 250 thousand up front, and the Vikings said, "Oh, we we can't do that." Yeah. Uh, but but at the time, that because of the Roselle rule, Pete Roselle determined when someone signed uh, when a team swooped in and signed another team or tried to sign another team's unsigned player, Pete Roselle determined what that team had to give. So. You know, it was typically like two first round records, so it scared everyone away. So, and the Vikings ended up trading Joe Cap to the Boston Patriots. Boston Patriots, not the New England Patriots. Yes, it was the Boston Patriots. They got a number one draft pick, which became Jeff um, Seaman or Simon. Uh, Jeff, Seaman. Jeff. I, Seaman, I've yeah. obviously written the name a million times, but Little I linebacker. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So and he became a, a fantastic player, and and another uh, player that they got. So, and he played like only 10 games for the Patriots and then he was out of the league. So talk about a, you know, a guy that when he, in 1969, he hit and, uh, and also got credit for the 40 for 60, which was a mantra. Just going to say uh, that. Yep. 40 for 60. You know, that's because, uh, and I talked to Dave Osborne that was leading rusher on that team and said, yeah, he retold the story about it. came time for the MVP, the banquet. He walked up and said, uh, only said, you know, took the trophy and said, um, there's no most valuable player on this team. There's 40 most valuable players, handed it back and sat down. So he was so, so beloved for things like that. Oh, and man, uh, just how gritty and tough he was. So again, another, we're talking about another, another uh, legend that's not here. So it's sad. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, like I said, one of my, I have my, my, my formative memories are of, of Joe Cap, and I, I made a decoupage of him and hung him on my wall. It's like, I remember the Sports Illustrated cover with the tough Chicano, you know, with yeah. him on the cover. Yeah. Uh, I remember just reading it in the library and it just on and on. He was, he was, he was the stuff for me. And then when he left, I was just heartbroken, but uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's one Joe gone, and that's you know segue to another Joe gone to Joe Johnson, who 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 created this show for us and put us here. Uh, tip of the hat to both of them. Maybe you can say hi to Joe Cap for us, Joe. And uh, just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in this week, coming back. I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you, Mike. Thanks behind the scenes, and we'll be back next week. We'll talk, have plenty more to talk about. My God, we'll have the schedule out, Mark. We can talk about that. That's right. That's right. Doesn't get any bigger. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. Thanks, y'all. And uh, uh, until next week, we'll see you then. Skull. Skull.